poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast and Tactical Tuesday. I'm here with John Chai. John, how you doing, sir? Doing good. How are you, Brad? Can't complain. Cannot complain. Just uh, ready to break down a couple of hands that you've played. Do we have a theme for today's yeah, episode? Of yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be breaking down some thin value bet spots. Um, these thin value bet spots actually are not... <clears throat> they're not thin value bet spots in the in the more like classic sense of the word, I guess. These thin value bets more border the line of straddle the line of punt and and value bet usually it's like ah you know is this hand you know usually you're not worried about it being a punt but uh yeah these these hands i'm worried about being a punt okay so are we are we going getting too wild with our value are we pushing the envelope a little bit too much uh why i guess for the listener why, why is this concept so important i mean i think value betting is going to be where you get you generate most of your EV. Um, if you, I think one quick cursory way you can double check that is like if you look at the biggest pots that you've ever won. Um, you know, just sorting your database by by biggest pots you've won. Um, they're almost always going to be spots where you were value betting or um, you know like jamming the river for value and and you know cup bluff cut or something like that. So I think you know if you're going to pick like one part of your game, value betting, bluff catching, or bluffing, um, and try to figure out which which one of those three actions generates the the biggest part of your win rate um you know i would i would almost certainly guess value betting so making sure you're doing a good job of that is 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 going to be kind of the the part of your game where you're where you want to make sure you're doing the best job because it's going to be adding the most to your win rate yeah and you know in general like when you have a range that has a lot of equity aka a lot of value um you bet a lot and when you don't have hands that have a lot of equity in your range, you rarely bet. Um, so the value is what drives betting in general. Um, I'll never forget, actually, I was playing in a home game back in the day when I was basically a full-time online grinder. I was playing a home game and I was just uh, you know chit-chatting with somebody that I had never seen before. And they were talking about like how they played online poker and like, you know, they're they were essentially an online pro and you know we were having a conversation and i got a sense that this player was probably not an online pro but i wasn't exactly sure and so uh, i tested him a little and asked him like what is the most profitable hand in your database uh just like that you that you have like out of out of all the hands that you have you know and cuz he was saying he had like a 2 or 3 million hand database and he said suited a suited king and i was like yeah you failed the test <laughs> like because it is always aces like doesn't matter i mean i guess maybe not in like a database of 20 hands but in any significant 
uh, sample size, size database, the most valuable hand that you have is pocket aces and it is not even close. Um, so yeah, like that's a, a big indicator, right? As to, you know, the caliber of player that you are or what your win rate is or what you need to upgrade is how are you playing your value? How are you playing the best hands in your range? Because that is going to more than anything else. Like people, we, we love seeing like the sick bluffs they make for good TV, but those don't really drive win rate like maxing value does. So yeah, exceptionally important to get value, right? Um, and I would say too, that like, if you're going to go over the edge, like if, if you're going to straddle the line, like kind of with not value betting enough or overdoing it with value, I would almost always advocate for overdoing it rather than not doing it enough because like, yeah, I, I think by overdoing it, one good thing about overdoing it is you're all, you have the ability to kind of pull it back and finely tune your, your value betting system. Um, but if you never do it, if you're always too cautious, um, you're just not going to be great at value betting like over, over your poker career. And, and that's going to really hold you back and hamstring you if you're looking to you know, actually be a, a strong, long-term, successful poker player. Yeah. And I would, I would, you know, I think you can even take that a step further and say that most people are probably not even close to overdoing it when it comes to value betting. Um, you know, when we look at our, the wolves that we coach or, or any of the database analysis analyses that we do, like one of the things that we pick out all the time is that, um, a lot of players are not doing a good job of thin value betting enough or value betting big enough or whatever it is. And, and, and it makes sense. It's, it's a, it's an uncomfortable thing to do to be at like the, the razor's edge of value betting slash punting and like trying to try to straddle that line, try to, you know, generate the most EV you can by actually finding the thinnest value bets is, is it's an uncomfortable thing to do. It's generally, it's easier to just to check back your, your aces or whatever, and just, you know, win the pot quite frequently when it goes check, check, instead of um, pushing yourself to think about like, Hmm, can I actually get called by enough hands here to, to justify making this very thin, scary bet? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not even like, it's not even, placing a bet, right? It's like raising with like top and mm. top kicker on the river facing like a third. It's, it's finding yeah. just finding extra value. Um, and you just always have to be on, on the lookout for it. And like really a, a good way for, for the listener to test themselves as to whether or not you're, you're value betting thinly enough. How often do you value cut yourself? How often do you value bet and get called by a better hand? Because if you can't remember the last time that you did it, you're almost certainly aren't doing it enough. Like that's just the reality. Like if, if you're placing a bet on the river, um, you know, and say you get called by 60% worse hands, right? That's a profitable bet. If you bet a hundred dollars, you get called by 60% worse hands. That means that, you know, you get 60% of 200, uh, whatever that is, uh, 120. Yeah. Um, so it's like plus $20, but that means that you lose 40% of the time right? Like you're supposed to lose 40% of the time. You're supposed to lose as often as villains hit a flush draw against your overpair, right? Something along, you know, something along those lines. And like the, the reality is, is most humans just aren't. And it's not, it's not even close. They're nowhere near um, reaching that threshold. So anyway, all right. That's our seven minute spiel on value <laughs> betting. And we're going to, now dive into some hands and we're actually going to do something that is unprecedented here on tactical tuesday we're going to look at uh some gto wizard we're going to look at some solver and see how the solver 
uh, maps our hand. So, all right. Hand number one, you want to break down the action? Sure. So we're playing uh, 510 No Limit. We're five-handed. Uh, the player in middle position, who looks like a looks to be a reg, opens to $22. I have queens in the big blind. We're about 140 big blinds effective. Always going to be three-betting queens. Um, so I make it 110. Reg in middle position calls. So we go to a check, 8-8, eight, eight, rainbow flop with 225 in the middle. Um, again, we're about 130 big blinds effective versus this reg. Uh, sizing options on the flop, we can we can start here. Yeah, um, I think in general it's 50% when you 3-bet hijack uh, is like generally the preferred size. So jack 8-8, eight, eight, I see you bet 50, so... It's fine. Yeah. Betting thirty yeah. would be fine too. Like just what about 30, bigger? thirty or fifty. I don't know. I don't know if that's fine. I think it's something that would have to explore and to really drill down. You know, it's you have some depth here. Hijack versus big blind. Um, there's a lot of sort of there's there's and it's a paired board, so there's a lot of variables that make for this being somewhat of a rareish situation. And then when you add on top a 70% size, like that's exceptionally rare size to, yeah. to face or use in a three bet yeah. pot. And I'm okay with not having, you know, 15 sizes on the flop. So I, sure. I was just asking about, you know, yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about 30 and a half. So I was wondering if 70 was, was ever something that you do, but yeah, I, I, I think 70 could be okay. Too. Intuitively. I think 70s could be, better than 50 because yeah, yeah. I, I doubt that they're going to shed many extra hands facing 70 mm-hmm. that they they do facing 50 so essentially they're probably just uh in, inflexible to size at yeah. 50 or 70 in any case we have a pretty clear-cut value bet yeah. uh with queens on the flop so that's what we do we go ahead and bet 111 into 225 uh i think another rag. part part of this by the way you, you do bet they call but one reason why I would much prefer 50 rather than 30, you do you block the gut shots and you you block some of their back doors with the the queen of diamonds, which yep. you know would be the primary targets I think when you bet small to right. hope to get called by like or you know just queen ten of diamonds or king queen of diamonds. Um, they can still have king queen of spades, king queen of clubs, but you block queen ten, which sure. isn't great. Um, yep. So anyway. You bet for the for the listener. By the way, the board is Jack eight eight, rainbow. John bet half pot. Villain called turns a nine of diamonds. So John has queen of hearts, queen of diamonds. There's four forty seven in the middle, and they've got about hundred and ten big blinds left. So quite a lot of moolah. Uh, pretty good turn card in the sense that it doesn't demote our hand and any. At all, um, we still have an overpair. Um, uh, turn card is like somewhat interesting in the sense that it completes some straight draws that uh, the middle position reg can definitely have. Fortunately, we have two queens, which blocks queen ten, which is probably going to be the the main straight draw, main, maybe the only straight draw that he has that that gets there. Um, some other hands that get promoted are hands like pocket nines um, that certainly call half pot on the flop and are now uh, have turned a boat. Um, I think a hand like 10-9 has now improved to pair in a flush draw. I think, you know, all four combos, or I guess three combos now of 10-9 suited, uh, call the three bet and call half pot on the flop. 
Um, and then I guess the other big category of hand that that this nine of diamonds opens up for middle position is uh, turn flush draws. Um, so if he does have a hand like I don't know ace ten of diamonds, maybe ace king of diamonds, I would expect him to four bet that. Um, but you know maybe he has has a hand like that. Um, yeah, has now turned has now turned to flush draw. Um, I think that's that's about everything that's meaningful about this nine of diamonds, unless you yep. think there's something else. I don't think so. I think you, okay. you pretty much covered it. Uh, so here on the turn, um, first decision point obviously is to better check. And yeah, it still feels like a pretty easy value, but to, to me on the turn, um, you know, I just mentioned all the hand categories that are, that are going to call some of which are better than ours, but a lot of which are, you know, not, better than queens and, and are still going to put in money which is good mm-hmm. um and then there's still obviously the the huge amount of jack x that uh is not going to fold on this turn so um a lot of value hands that i think we can target um a lot of draws that i think we can target with uh with our overpair yeah so i actually don't know if this is good enough to overbet and i was Overbet. I just meant bet. To, to bet, sorry. Oh, okay. To, to yeah. bet the turn. I didn't know if this hand was good enough to bet the turn. Um, and we had GTO Wizard open. Uh, I just kind of changed some parameters in the solve. So uh, to 150 big blinds. I think the depth is going to change things some. And I'm not so sure that the turn is a bet. Okay. Um, it's hard to target. It's hard to target worse hands for three streets to me. Like Ace Jack, for instance. Um, really, I would have. If I saw, it, if you know, if he turned over his hand and he had Ace Jack, I'd be like, "Oh, nice, bet that jam, <laughs> baby!" Like, yeah, I'm, I'm less convinced that like a hand like uh, Tins is going to call down or Nine Ten or their Jack X, uh, getting three bet from the big blind in the hijack. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and the depth definitely is going to throw a wrench into the calculation. Like starting sure. 140 bigs is a lot different, I think, than starting at 100. At 100, I think it's it's you know they're going to have enough like queen jacks, jack tens, tens, nine tens, you know, hands like ace jack that that will call down. I'm not so sure <sighs> that ace jack just yeah. call call calls. So you think like you know you think those jack x's, those queen jacks and jack tens will call the turn but not call the river and so what you're thinking about doing right now is deciding if you want to go for that one street of value on the river or on the turn well i'm wondering like how starting deeper affects a their pre-flop range are they going to call with hands like eight nine suited seven eight suited um more frequently at 140 bigs than at 100 bigs maybe not I guess a suited connector. I'd expect them to just pure call, call those hands at both. Depths. Yeah, gonna call both. Um, I, it's, it's just interesting because, yeah, like you're always dead to nines full, but losing an extra forty big blinds when they do have like jacks full, quads, and nines full feels important. Um, as well as like when they turn is straight but that's going to be rare because you double block it but anyway I, i'm not i'm not so sure about betting the turn personally um i'm on the fence but let's see you i bet, thought it was you it would be important turn. to bet the turn to like we just always get stacked by those jack x nines 
you know, pocket eights, whatever those, those really, really good full houses and, and straights and whatnot. And do we, that's, that's the question. Do we, should we? Hmm. So like if we check here and he goes bet jam, should we call off with Queens? That's what yeah. you're asking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well in game, that's I, <laughs> my plan was to not fold Queens at, at, <laughs> at any point. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that plan needs amending, but I, I thought that, you know, if I'm, sort of always in jail versus those turn full houses or flop full houses, or whatever flop quads um, that, you know, some of those jack X hands that are not going to bet hands? the turn. Hmm? What are the low equity hands? If you're like, if you're in a check call and then check call on like a river deuce. Yeah. Yeah. What, where, 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 where do the bluffs come from? Where do the low equity hands come from? It would have to be like the diamond diamond hand, maybe like ACE 10 or, you know, King queen of clubs, like those, those sorts of hands. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> there, there isn't like this huge region of like low equity hands that I'm excited. Like, ah, oh, nice. Now he has like all these bluffs that I get to call down with like queens and like feel good about it. And if that's the case, should we just value bet queens ourselves? Like, is that more of a reason to actually just value bet our queens than go the check call route? I well, I mean, you just check call then check fold, basically, is what I'm what I'm saying. Yeah, is, is okay. how how the hand would go down. Like, right. you, you would check call the turn and then check fold the river, basically. Or if the turn checked through. Then you know you probably on like a blank probably place like a I would imagine you would just get greedy and go like real big on the river maybe just jam the river might not be the most unreasonable line sure yeah I think jamming the river if it goes check check is it basically well I mean what I was trying to get at though is that like look if we don't expect them to have a a big bluffing range on the river does that or big bluffing range if we check the turn um, does that mean that we should start thinking about value betting more and, you know, hmm. taking some of the Jack X down with us that isn't going to put in their whole stack. Yeah. I, I it's going to hinge on whether or not the Jack X calls down. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's where most of it's going to, going to hinge on. And, you know, I went on the long, uh, monologue about value betting and kind of the, the flip side of value betting is, um, <laughs> maxing value for your opponents. AKA, like, if you never fold to giant bets and just always call, um, then you're contributing to your opponent's win rate greatly. Um, and on the flip side, you're contributing to your own loss your rate demise. greatly, <laughs> your own demise. So that's kind of the, the interesting, like, other side of the coin is that, um, yeah, you also don't want to max villain's value either. So, like, if you only get called by, like, better hands, when you like bet jam and like they fold Jack X, then I think betting goes like way down in value. Um, And if you check, call the turn and check, call the river every time and they have limited bluffs, then that's not great either. Um, So essentially like the way that I, I would imagine this turn working is being like a very high frequency check with, a lot of your strongest hands as well, because you can't just check. Um, you, you know, you, you can't just check your weak weakest hands. You ha- you have to have like some nutted hands in your your checking range. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much probably going to check like nines full if you have nines full. Probably jacks full. Maybe maybe jacks full if you have jacks full. Yeah. So it sounds like you're sort of landing on like turn check range close to range and then do a lot of 2x jamming on the river yeah that that's that seems like the path that i'm i'm feeling is the best and if they bet the turn and bet the river like i need to see what the river is but i would feel really 
bad. Right. I but when you check really range, bad. when you check range on the turn and they bet turn and river, you you have lots of very I've got hands that can call downs. Call with, yeah. yeah. Right, right. And I don't necessarily need a lot of hands that can call both bets because a turn's not going to get bet all the yeah. time. It's only going to get bet like, you know, something like 35 to 50% of the time, something right. like that. I mean, like we can just I think we can distill it down to like we don't expect them to have very many low equity turn bet river jams. And if they don't have very many turn bet river jams, that means they're, they're not doing that turn bet river jam all that frequently. So correct. You know, it's correct. not like we need tons and tons of hands every time. That yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Wow. This is a, all right. A big departure from where I thought the <laughs> conversation was going to go because I was going to ask about jamming maybe the worst river of all yeah. time. And yeah. so John bets big on the turn. Um, and the river double pairs the board. So Jack-Jack, 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, villain has 80, 86 big blinds left. SPRs, you know, around like 80% or so. <laughs> Spoiler alert, John went for it. Um, I assume targeting like 10s and 9-10? Yeah, 10s, 9-10. Um, even like, yeah, I don't know like how much other... 9x he has. I guess 910 is probably probably the only one that that makes sense. 9x <laughs> um, do they have? You better have fun on the flop. Yeah, I don't know. 9 of clubs. Trying to, try to expand his bluff catching range by as much as I can. Yeah, I know you're trying to cook the books. Trying to cook the books. Um, this hand, this hand just it, it feels quite it feels punty to me. Um, yeah, that's what I was worried about. Like you're you're on the other end of the. You've gone too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I don't, we haven't even shown the result. We're yeah, just I don't know what like the, the result is. Like, like at, a, at a funeral for my hand. Yeah, you, you get called by Ace Jack of Clubs, which does make some sense. Um, don't know what they do on the river if they don't river a boat. But we do know what they do when they river a boat. They call. Yeah. Um, so, well done. Let's see what the wizard, the wizard has to say about this hand. Voila. All right. By the way, in the description bar here on YouTube, if you would like to sign up for GTO Wizard, I have an affiliate link. You can get 10% off, I believe, um, your first month when you click through. So gtowizard.com. Check the, the, the description bar. Find the affiliate link. Click through. Do all the things. Um, I really do like GTO Wizard. It's, yeah, it's so convenient. It's so convenient, um, so convenient. So here's the spot um, on the flop. So this is at 150 bigs? 150, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're betting the flop um, very often. And every, every size is okay. Every size is okay. <laughs> and primarily half pot is being used. So we're going to go with... Nice, okay. You nailed it. Nailed the flop size. Um, and yeah, villain's calling with most things, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> not folding a ton. Turn is the nine of diamonds and the wizard now wants mm. a lot of checking. Mm, yeah. The range check on the turn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when it does bet, man, it's king 10 suited ace 10. Yep. So King Ten, Ace Ten, and then um, some of your eights. It's checking eight nine hmm. more than it's betting. Checking no. ten eight more than it's betting. 
uh, betting seven eight suited a ton. Jacks pocket jacks. Jacking pocket jacks. It's betting about ten percent or so, but yeah, in general, look, there's your your lower equity bet is king queen. Yeah, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. But yeah, nice. I mean, bas- basically, like when you're when you're checking a ton, like like if the intuition is that the turn is a range check, um, then yeah, you're not going to be betting even your nutted hands at full frequency in general. Sure. You're, you're betting yeah. like fractionally. But um, yeah, so here at 150 bigs, the wizard says, "Don't do it, John. Don't bet the turn." Let's just let's just do it. Let's just say. Uh, well, Queens does bet. Yeah, we get. About, it's the nice thing about solvers, right? You can you can do everything low yeah. frequency and at super low frequency. I don't always do this with Queens. I only do it seven <laughs> percent of the time. Yeah. Well, now on the river. Um, sorry. Bro, you so, don't. wait, wait, wait! You gotta hover over the box and make sure there isn't like a little sliver of red in there or something. That, that... no, no red. Hey, hey, Queen of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. <laughs> huh? I don't think that was my combo, but <laughs> Queen of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and going all in is worth ten big blinds less than checking. In a best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it looks like the thinnest that it's going is with kings which frankly makes a lot of sense because okay, well I, I just like to point out that going all in is still positive expected value with queens yeah. even though it actually not supposed to do, so. has no jam well i mean it's hard to lose right like just the pot's so big and you, you have fold equity when you jam you might fold kings. It uses the all in size zero percent of the time. Uh I think that's really interesting. Solely a third. If I'd bet the turn, uh, you know, jamming just seemed like the most natural one of the most natural things to do. Um, given that the SPR is, you know, a little bit less than one. Uh it's really interesting to see that GTO Wizard is more advocating for a, a block on the river. Yeah. And when you check the turn and the turn checks through, the river's a jack, your size is about 70%. Mm. Uh, so like oh, not too x jamming. Interesting. That's not even half, right? That's a third. Yeah, 30 to 50. So 60%. Yes. Still not jamming. One last sim request before we sure. maybe move on to the next hand. Could we just see what happens on the turn at 100 bigs and confirm that the checking frequency actually goes up when the SPR is higher? So here is Ooh, okay. turn. Yeah. The checking frequency at 150, 150 bigs was about 85%. It drops to 63.8 when we yeah. are playing at 100 bigs. And we can see Queens is now majority betting instead of small. Interestingly, Kings was almost... Actually, no. They were all fractional. So it, betting frequency went down. I, yeah. Or went up, rather, um, as we reduced it. And Queens went up significantly. So gotcha. you're you're betting most most of queens at 100 bigs, checking most of queens at 150. So gotcha. 
<laughs> All right, sorry. We just have to finish this up. This is jam the river after Ben and Queen's <laughs> on the jack. On the jack. All right, let's see. It does. Oh, nice. About sixty percent of the time or so. But actually, the size is not all in. The size is again. Like, it's not all in. The size is very very small. Um, what is seventeen? I don't even know what seventeen point five and a seventy five is. Uh, and then the other size is five into oh no five into fifty five into fifty. So ten percent. <laughs> uh, that's why it's a wizard. It finds uh, it the ten percent river bet. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Bet the turn. Bet ten percent on the river. Unless you're deep. Check yeah, the turn. Unless you're deep. Um, and then bet 70 on the river. Yeah. Going all in, the EV of going all in is four big blinds worse than just checking all of mm. your queens, by the way. So just want to point out. Punt confirmed. I can't get away from the punt regardless of whether it's 100 bigs or 150 bigs. Yeah. You uh, you just, you can't get away from it. It's, <sighs> it's, it's not great. Um, so... On that high note for John's confidence and career aspirations, <laughs> let's take a break and come back with the rest of this episode. Stick around. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Preflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. Yeah, before boot camp, I had been playing for maybe 15 years, somewhat seriously, always trying to get better, jumping from learning program to different learning programs and training site to training site. Kind of feeling a little bit lost, not really knowing how to go about getting better. And preflop boot camp just felt like a great starting point, a way for me to to move from being a losing player to, to possibly a winning player. It felt like the right first step. Once you jumped in boot camp, what was your experience like? Well, first off, I realized that I'd been making a lot of mistakes prior to boot camp, kind of learning what rangers should look like and what hands should be played in what situations. You know, it was it was exciting because I I could see what other people had been doing to me, what kind of what I had been missing in my game. And then from there, just the whole camaraderie of everybody that's um, signed up, working together, trying to achieve that goal. You know, that, that was fun. That's uh, pushing each other and really helping uh, one another, kind of feeling like you're a part of a team. It was, uh, it was a great experience. I, I enjoyed the process and I learned a lot. What was your experience like playing cards post bootcamp? It's a totally different experience. You know, it put me in a position to be successful as opposed to always being behind the eight ball and, and playing catch up. Um, I really feel like it's it's the foundation of, of a solid poker game. And uh, since boot camp, I've been able to, to turn a profit and keep building on what I learned there. 
you know, being able to go back into the group and uh, re really work together even after boot camp was over, it's it's been awesome. What's your sample size of winning post boot camp? I think I have seventy thousand hands played by now. You know, I'm a father and I have a job, so I'm not a, a professional player by any means. That's my sample size. Preflop Bootcamp is the flagship Chasing Poker Greatness training program. If you'd like to dramatically upgrade your preflop game, a new bootcamp launches on the last Saturday of every single month. The price is $199 and your link to join is ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp, all one word or you can click through in the description box of this episode. All right. Welcome back from the break. Had an abnormally long hand number one. We actually had three hands on the docket today, but during the break, we reviewed the second hand, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you know, listener, John, he bungled it. Um, he's very demoralized right Dude, now. They're probably, they're like, wow, you, you showed a hand where he just absolutely punts the river with pocket creatures, jams into top boat, but there's like a hand that you're too embarrassed to show, you're too embarrassed to show us now, or like he bungled oh, so badly. We it, can't, it, it was we for, you know, it. it was for speed purposes of the episode, but we can show it, we can show it real quick just for fun. So John opens a six of hearts, gets three bet, goes ahead and four bets. Whatevs. Um, villain calls. They're actually, how deep are you? Like 130 again? Yeah. A little bit deeper than normal, but nothing crazy. Yep. Uh, he bats a fifth on deuce straight eight with one heart. Villain calls. Turn is a six, giving him second pair. Goes check, check. River's an eight. Um, it goes check. And John, in all of his thin value bet glory, goes ahead and check behind <sighs> and beats ace queen. And. Yeah, that's it. Come on, son. Dude, I mean, just gonna do? for the audience, I, I told Brad during the break that I shut my session down after not <laughs> value betting the spot because for 14 seconds, I knew I was like so sure that I should value bet, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And once I saw that it definitely was just a clear value bet and I probably missed value from a hand that likely would have bluff caught a lot of different river sizes, I was too sad to continue playing. Well, the good news is that you do have a value betting range here. Um, you'll value bet trips plus. So well done, John. <laughs> well done. Overpair, overpair. <laughs> yeah, you probably bet the turn with an overpair. So you, you probably don't have many of them in your range, honestly. All right, you, give me another break to think about what other you hands don't, I You thought. don't four bet nines. You don't four bet tens. You probably don't even four bet jacks. So you probably bet queens on the turn. Um, I mean, my God, you just bet queens. On a much worse board than than this, and jam the river. So, trips plus is it's, your value bet range. Right? It, it really, it should <laughs> tell you something that I feel much more embarrassed about this hand than the queen's hand, even though I, <laughs> I lost like fifteen hundred dollars or something in the queen's hand and actually won three seventy here. <laughs> yes, and again for the listener, that's how you know you're doing it right when you feel like death because you check back and won a pot but missed value. That's, that's how you know that you care an appropriate amount um, about maximizing your value.
not enough to actually like bet. That, that would be the appropriate amount to care, but <laughs> I'd probably check back here and was like, man, I really hope he has nines so that I don't have to stop playing. Because <laughs> if, if he has a hand that's worse than a six, I have to stop playing. If he has nines and I lose, that's you know I can keep going. Yeah, the listener is going to want to know, you know, why this is why uh, this is not a great check back. Um, I think villains bet their over pairs quite often on the river here, like most always they bet their nines and tens probably with like a block size um but anyway moving on i mean even if they don't do that right like there's still i'm still gonna get called by ace queen when i bet the river i'm still gonna get called by i don't know probably a lot of ace highs yeah if if the (sighs) listener if you're if you're wondering why we're we're rambling and went over on on the hand number one it's because of the rider strike guild we're you know (laughs) We we lost we we lost our writers in this ultra high production <laughs> YouTube series. Um so we're we're struggling now. John, break down this hand that So five hundred sure hand this time. I'm sure it's gotta, gonna go well. You're you're just crushing it so far today. We <laughs> <laughs> got a button open to two and a half big wines. I'm in the uh big blind with pocket kings, king of spades, king of diamonds, easy three bet, button calls. Get a queen, queen, four, two diamond flop, um, 122.50 in the middle. I have 333 behind. I'm the effective stack. Decide uh, to just start c-betting here. Again, go with the half pot size. Don't know if there's a ton to talk about. Thank God we're actually at 100 bigs effective instead of 150. <laughs> so hopefully I won't make a humongous turn error. But uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Turns, deuce of hearts. So we have double flush draw, queen, queen, four, deuce. Diamonds and hearts. Um, yeah, I think there's. Uh, I think betting is probably just preferred here. Okay. Sizing is interesting. Yeah, we have a, a kind of a funky SPR. I have about one and a half pot left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, I'm thinking about check. Just the merits of check. Merits of check, you can check jam. Um, can jam the river facing check back. Jam, jam the river facing check back. Uh, I do think that if Phil and bet the turn, you would check jam. Um, I actually thought about the merits of just jamming the turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, think that's option reasonable too. Yeah, I think that's that's on the table. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go. Um I suspect that you would like to place the last bet on the turn if if possible. Um, betting and essentially like getting jammed on. Not getting jammed on, but well, getting jammed on isn't great, but uh villains get to realize their flush draw equity. Like base if I bet if I bet like half pot here. Yeah. Like and I don't uh, yeah I, I think like their flush draws just get to play pretty perfectly um, I'm not sure I, I think you could go a bunch of different directions I'm I'm just on the fence about all of it I, I think, think I picked could, the dumb size on the turn you bet a third no half oh you bet half I, like doesn't this just feel like the worst of all worlds like great now if they have a queen yeah, now that you just, talk about all the options yeah, yeah. like 
Honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards check. Um, and then check jamming. But yeah, when you say that, like, as soon as you said that in the other hand, too, and as soon as you said check the turn, I saw the 2x river jam as soon, you know, when you just start to think about what happens when it goes to check check. And mm -hmm. I really like that option. Again, I really like that option here. I think villain is going to have a lot of turn checkbacks that are going to be tempted to bluff catch the river all the pocket pairs under queens um maybe even like a four if he has a hand like four five or ace four um maybe even some like ace highs like i, I you know that wouldn't like shock me if i 2x the river and got called by you know ace jack or something like that um i think it's essentially the same thing as 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 a four um so yeah i mean i also think it's a lot just like... checking the turn here too i i, I really like it I actually think it's a lot safer to check the turn too, even though like we do let flush draws over realize when they do have a flush draw um, and they check behind. I think they are going to stab some, but they're going to check some too. I think right. that's, that's not great, but I think that like when the turn goes check, check and the rivers, even a flush completer, it's so much safer to jam mm -hmm. than betting the turn and jamming the river mm -hmm. because their queen X tends to bet facing a check on the turn here. And so like when they check back, Queen X is kind of removed. Yep. Um, a, a lot of it's removed from their range. So like, even on like, you know, an eight of diamonds or eight of hearts, I think you can just safely 1.5 X jam and you'll be totally fine. Yeah. So you think Queen X gets removed when they check back the turn and you also think that maybe some flush draws get removed when they check back the turn? Yeah, I think gotcha. so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree um, with all that. I, I wish that I... I could go back and play this hand again. Yeah, I would check the turn and just check jam over a uh, turn float or 1.5x the river facing check check. Yeah, and if um, if you bet, I don't think a queen ever raises either. So there's no removal when you bet and they call. Sure, sure. Like yeah. I don't think a queen would raise either. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So. We pick the dumb size. Get called. <laughs> the trifecta. Hey, maybe, maybe I was doing the thing where I picked the dumb size on purpose to get called by a wider range, and you know, blah blah blah. You know, I, I have That's to say for the for the tactical Tuesday listener, last week after our show, I was a little sad, and for like all the most selfish reasons that that you could be sad about, like halfway proud, halfway sad, proud because the king queen hand. You just you played it better than I would have, and that made me sad, but also proud because you know you're my friend and you're my student, and just seeing you play a hand better than me made me feel <laughs> a little envious. Um, this week, you've completely redeemed yourself, and I can say I, I feel proud of you for last week. All right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I, I noticed that you seemed a little bit down after that last tactile Tuesday, so I deliberately just punted two hands and <laughs> brought them to tactile Tuesday so that you know you could at least you know feel like you have something left to coach me. What a good guy! What a, what, what a, what a good guy John is. See, see, see how just what a great part time poker player, part time therapist. <laughs> uh, all right. So you bet half pot, they call. Um, we get the eight on the river, eight of spades. So hey, no flush. Flushes break. And let me guess, you jam. Yep. Nice. Oh, nice oh, oh, trips. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you jam, ace queen calls, and you know another perfectly played hand in today's episode <laughs> of Tactical Tuesday. 
<laughs> the the rare O for three. Or I don't even know if that's rare, but <laughs> so what did like listener? What did you learn about thin value betting today? I'm not sure, but <laughs> whatever it was, is don't don't do what John has done. Don't today. do it. Don't thin value bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the, I mean I I I came into this episode just thinking that I'd mostly be asking about like the river jam, thinking like oh most of the time we're gonna spend talking about the river and, and if this is too thin or, or whatever. But um, I thought the turn conversation was, at least for me, it's got to be like a huge takeaway and, and by far like the most enlightening part of this episode. I didn't even consider checking range um, on in the first hand with Queens. I think this one, maybe I, you know, if I'd sat with it longer, I might've been able to, to come up with that. But, you know, just you mentioning checking range on the turn and all the good things that can happen, how easy the hand is to play on the river, even with an SPR over one, um, in this hand, you know, not being, you know, just if we face turn float, we can still jam kings. So just like not being scared of like, you know, what's going to happen downstream when we when we check kings. Um, yeah, that's that was a, a huge, huge takeaway for me from this episode. So really glad we we talked about these two hands, even though it wasn't what I expected to talk about. Also, it involved quite a bit of shame on my hands. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way you get better. That's the way you learn and, and hopefully stop making these stupid plays. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if in most people's case, you know, if you can't look back at the version of yourself from a year ago and feel a little bit of shame, then you're probably not doing it right. You're probably not progressing enough. Um, so, you know, John just iterates faster than most people because he feels shame from a hand <laughs> three days ago. Three days ago. Is <laughs> <laughs> that me? I used to do that stuff on on Wednesday. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's how quickly he progresses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what a great student. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Um, once again, if you want to check out GTO Wizard, click through the link in the description bar. And that's all I've got for you this week on Tactical Tuesday. See you next week. Peace. I'll try to play better. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.